0: Welcome back guys to another episode of Chasing Health Podcast. I have a very special guest with me today, Joe Harris. Him and I recently connected after Coaching Con, and we just kind of met and throughout that whole NCI community and and really great guy. I listened to a podcast he recently was on with um, Tyler Newton on Tyler's podcast and really resonated with a lot that he had to say. And the big thing we're talking about today guys is keto. And I'm sure, you know, if you saw the title of the podcast, you probably know it's what we're talking about. And, and most of you are probably like kind of chuckling because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm definitely guilty for like, you know, like bashing on keto every once in a while and like talking trash about it. And like, you know, all oh, the keto zealots are out there and like all these things, but you guys, a lot of these, a lot of times it's because it's all being applied the wrong way. And so I, what I hope for you to take away from today's episode is if keto is the route you just to take, how to do it properly and what you should actually be doing to actually do keto the correct way. So Joe, super glad to have you on the podcast.
1: Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Of course. So before we dive into keto stuff, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Who are you? Where are you from? And you know, how did you get into this space?
1: Yeah. So like you said, name's Joe Harris. Um, I mean, really, I I can go on a story forever, but um, (laughs) I'll kind of make it short. So so basically what happened and kind of like yourself is the reason you got into it is because of the transformation yourself. So I got up to uh I played football basically from high school to um division 2 football which is why I'm in Texas cuz I'm originally from California. Um came here on a football scholarship. Football ended. Went from 265 which was my playing weight to 300 extremely fast. Um, because I was still eating like a football player. I was, I didn't have the output like a football player. And, uh, so that happened. And then how, how it kind of all started with my fitness journey was I was at the park with my son, we were playing soccer and we were, you know, kicking the ball back and forth. And I just, I started to feel like I was going to die. And and I know that sounds extreme, but when you come from an athletic background, and you've always been in shape, and you just could go, go, go all day, and then all of a sudden you can't. Um, it was really eye opening to me. Like I was bending over, I was huffing and puffing, and it was literally that day where I was like, "Man, what's gonna happen if if I continue this route?" And so what I always tell my clients is like, I truly believe because, man, I to this day, I, I got to be careful with what I eat. Cause I, I can go overboard real fast. Those tendencies are still there, yep. which is why I use keto, which is what we'll talk about in a little bit. But, um, I was like, and I tell my clients, I was like, I'd probably be 350 pounds or dead right now, or, or 450 pounds or whatever, like anywhere between there, man, I was headed the wrong route. And I probably wouldn't be here. Um, in my opinion, but, uh, so basically I decided to make that change. So I had always been working out. Like that was the easy thing for me. And that's why it also surprised me because I was like, man, the internet says, all you got to do is work out. Like what, what's going on. I'm working. And so I started working out twice a day and then I started doing it seven days a week. I was, I, I could be spotted carrying my gallon jug, going to the gym, thinking I'm all swole. If you ever find my old Instagram, <laughs> you'll see that, that journey. But anyways, um, is that a challenge? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll share it with you. I think it's, I think it's called, uh, Joe.harris 21 or something, but you can see when I thought I was all swollen stuff. And, um, but it, you know, I did that and, and nothing was changing, man. Like I, I, I was like, I'm working so hard. Oh, I'll take that back. I, I lost like maybe 10, 15 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, this isn't working. And so I did what everybody does cut carbs, right? Cause that's the first thing you think of. And, but that like, it was, a, I lost a lot of weight. Like I lost the thing. The first 50 pounds was just cutting carbs. But the problem was, is I felt horrible. I felt tired all the time. I felt sick all the time. Like it was just a miserable existence. I remember one of my meals, my go-to meals, cause it was so easy to make was lean ground turkey. No seasoning, because I didn't know about electrolytes then. Um, green and green beans. Talk about, like and no seasoning on that either. No no cooking oils, no nothing. <laughs> um, so I guess you could call it low fat and low carb, which is probably why I lost weight yeah. so fast because the yeah. calories went down. Um, but so, so that's initially how it started. And then, of course, you hit that plateau. Um, but, you know, I was like, okay, cool. So I started my own journey that way. And then this, I, I needed a, um, what you call it, a internship. There we go. An internship for school. Like it's required to graduate from my school. So I went to meet with the lady and I'd already lost like 50 pounds that time. And she she's like, hey, you need an internship. What do you enjoy doing? And I was like, well, uh, I mean, I don't know. I hate school. <laughs> but I was like, um, I was like, well, I like to work out. And she's like, funny you say that an internship just opened at Anytime Fitness oh. for a general manager. So not only can you get paid, but you will get credit for your internship. Do you want to do that? And I said, absolutely. So that's when I started working at, at Anytime Fitness um, and, and really just use my own journey to start that. Now, I could keep going into that, but that's essentially how I got started in the industry It was just my own personal start of my transformation and then it continued on from there
0: okay and something you touched on was like you know when you when you started keto yourself and can you kind of walk through like what that looked like when you first started and then like maybe like you you already kind of mentioned some of the things like that you you did wrong with it in the very beginning but kind of like when did that start to transform into like the proper way of learning how to actually apply that you know keto lifestyle to your you know to lose the weight yeah
1: Yeah. So the reason I even found keto in the first place, which this is, I still don't know how I found it to the T, but the reason I was able to is because, so one of the things I didn't say was I was always so tired. So what I was doing was taking two scoops of pre-workout a day and drinking four cups of coffee. Now, if you know anything about the average pre-workout, that's at least 150 milligrams per scoop, right? For a good pre-workout. Yeah, at least. Um, and so I was taking two of those and drinking four cups of coffee a day, but still getting home exhausted. So what I did was I was looking on the internet for an, an, another supplement for energy. Cause I didn't know about nutrition at the time. I wasn't mm-hmm. studied up on it. And, um, I, I, again, I still don't know how I came across it, but somehow I found the keto diet and I was like, man, everyone's saying the number one benefit that they feel is, uh, well, they lose some weight, but they're talking about how high their energy is. I was like, you know what, I'm going to go for it. Um, And my ex-wife at the time, she freaked out because she was in the nursing field. And she's like, you're going to die. You're going to do all that. You're saturated fat. Like I got all the articles, everything sent my way. told my family I was doing it. They got scared. Um, But that's kind of how I started it. And In terms of like what I did wrong, I mean, I was pretty, pretty strict with it. That's, that's actually how I lost my remaining weight. I mean, I got down to 220 pounds with that. Um, And and we could get into that story because then it got more extreme, right? Which is, you know, when things plateau, like everything does, because I didn't know about periodization and I didn't know about seasons of nutrition. I didn't know about all that. Um, and so I went, you know, the more strict route carnivore, like it just got worse. So I'd say that's one mistake I made was, oh, well, if if this works, well, carnivore is going to be even better, like all those things. But I would say the number one mistake that, that I made in terms of anything was thinking that calories didn't matter. So I was always told that all, all that, all of that matters is your food quality, which is a huge part of it. Like your food quality makes the most amazing difference because when you eat high, high quality foods, well, you just naturally eat less because you can't fill your stomach up with high quality foods as easy as processed foods. Right. But I was told that calories didn't matter. So what was I doing? I was putting, I mean, I put, I still put heavy cream on my coffee, but I was putting like, yeah, extra heavy cream and fat bombs and like just all these things. And I was like, man, why am I not losing any more weight? Which is what, influenced me to go carnivore. Right. Cause I was frustrated. Um, but I would say just thinking that calories didn't matter. Cause that's the one thing I, I see in the keto world right now from most of the zealots is, Oh, all that matters is the food quality. Calories don't matter at all. Um, and so I, I would say that's, that's a big one. Um, the other thing that I would, I would say that I see most people make, I didn't make this mistake, but I see most people make it is the deficiency of electrolytes. So when you, and you know this, but just for the audience, yeah. when you lose a bunch of the water weight, cause that's what happens when you first start keto is you lose that bloatedness and, and that's why you start to feel good right away. Um, but with that water weight goes your electrolytes. So you have to replenish, you know, those electrolytes. So you need about three to 5,000 milligrams of sodium and about two to 3,000 milligrams of potassium and about four to 600 milligrams of magnesium. Most people don't think that they're only in the weight loss realm. And so when they try the diet, they're like, God, last time I did that, I felt like absolute crap. It wasn't the diet. Yep. Keto flu. It wasn't the diet. It was literally your deficiency in electrolytes. And that is why you got the keto flu with my clients. Some of them, when they first start, they don't listen, but quickly they're like, Hey, I remember you saying it on the kickoff call, but what what was it for fatigue again? What was it for headaches? Like all these different things, because that's mm-hmm. part of the keto flu. And what bothers me is a lot of keto zealots out there will not even mention that they just say, Oh, just stay strong. Okay. So you say saying stay strong means you don't understand how the body actually works. You know what I mean? So, so I think that answered your question. I can go on for days, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that, that does. And so like, let's like start, like, you know, I would love like, you know, and I don't know how easy this is for you to kind of convey in a, you know, shorter period of time, but like, let's say someone's coming to you first, you know, and this is actually one of the questions So I asked, you know, as I mentioned to you, I asked my Facebook group and also the Instagram, you know, um, followers, like what questions they had, and then we can kind mm-hmm. of tie this first one into that. What kind of type of individuals would be good candidates health-wise for a ketogenic diet?
1: Man, you know, any, a lot of people who are overweight and sedentary. So the majority of the people that I work with don't work out or don't have, don't want to work out yet, uh, Mm -hmm. for a couple of reasons. One, it's, it's scary to them because they're uncomfortable with how they look in their body and they Mm -hmm. feel like there's going to be judgment, which totally normal. Like I felt that way when I first started going to the big box gym by myself, Mm -hmm. um, And then, uh, and the other part of it too, is the way that I do my process is I always say, what's I want to knock over the biggest domino. And for me, that's, that's nutrition. Now I know a lot of people start them with fitness and nutrition, but the people I come with don't have a working out background, right? They're people who are sedentary, they're their parents, they're whatever. Um, so we hit the nutrition domino and as we get closer to their goal weight, is when we start implementing strength training, right? Because you want that to maintain your results. And I, and I tell them like, you know, the more muscle you have, the more calories you burn at rest, which is why it's so important. But I also know that number one, you're uncomfortable. Number two, the other thing is that it might hurt them because they're so big that just walking would be good enough for now. You know what I mean? Like, let's get some of that weight off you. Let's get the first 50, 60, 70 pounds off of you And then we can start incorporating strength training. Now, I always tell my people that because I do set them up with workout programs if they want to do it, but that's up to them. I say, look, your workout program is going to be there, but you don't have to start it until you feel ready. And in my personal opinion, I want you to be so dialed in with your nutrition before you even think about starting your workout program, because if weight loss is your only goal, Then the nutrition, that's what it's going to come from. Now, once we get you to your weight loss, you're going to want to look good. So we need to incorporate the strength training. But I would say that's how the the people who come to me is literally people who don't work out or don't want to work out at the moment. And then um, our, our sedentary people. So the ketogenic diet is very good for that. I, I think everybody, well, not everybody knows. That. I know you know that um, because you're not really focused on performance, right? If you were focused more on performance, you want to have a little bit more carbohydrates, which which we implement in the KLD method, which I'm sure we're going to get to. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, that that's who, who basically comes to me. Awesome.
0: And then also, is there, and I know there's a few other, like, and, you know, we don't have to really dive into the trap at all very much, but like, is there other medical conditions or, I know this is a little bit more out of like your scope for just like go general weight loss, but what are other reasons that someone would be on a ketogenic <clears throat> diet? Like, isn't there like some neurological benefits to it and such like that?
1: There there can be. Um, so, I, I mean, in terms of medical things, I would say like any, like type two diabetes is a really good one, right? Like that's gotcha. something where you could, I've literally Seen people completely reverse their type 2 diabetes by, and I'm sure it could be any diet, but I've seen it happen faster because there's so much carb to- or intolerant, I guess. Mm-hmm. So we can reverse that and then add carbs back in later, right? But with the right, right carbs. Um, so that's a big one I've seen. I personally don't feel comfortable working with type 1 diabetics just mm-hmm. because they're so, um, you know, insulin dependent and all that stuff. And I just said that's not my scope. And so when I do have people come to me and say, well, I'm type one diabetic, like I, I, I'm, I'll help you, but it needs to be under the supervision of your doctor. Like, I can't tell you exactly what to do. And I'm going to need everything from your doctor. So I know what the protocol can be. Right. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, I've seen some other things that the science isn't 100% out there, but you know, uh, things with like thyroid and stuff, but Doing it to where you can improve insulin sensitivity, but then add carbs back in. It's it like supposedly really helps like kickstart your thyroid. So when people are having thyroid issues, um, it could help. With that. Again, the science isn't definite, so I can't say like, yeah, it'll help this and help that. Um, I've seen people use it for, for Hashimoto's uh, and, and have a lot of success. The biggest one I've seen, especially for women, is PCOS been a lot of women um in my career that have wanted to have babies but weren't able to and then when we put them on the ketogenic diet they were actually able to conceive my wife being one of them she had not been able to have kids for i mean i think she said she had been trying before me (laughs) (laughs) um for like five years and uh wasn't able to have them and then when she met me we went on the ketogenic diet. And it could have just been maybe a cleaner diet. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Cause that's always, that's always a possibility too. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that's a big part of it, but uh, she was able to, you know, we have our daughter now, so it's, it's things like that. Right. Um, but the, the science of the specifics, the biggest one for me is, is that type two diabetes. Got
0: okay. All right. So let's talk about like a little case scenarios here. So like, Mrs. Jones yep. comes to you, and you know, it's like, "Hey, Joe! Like, I, I, you know, heard you're this, you know, keto coach. You do a lot of keto with people. I want to lose weight. You know, I have fifty, you know, seventy five pounds to lose, and I, I want to just. I heard cutting out carbs and going on keto will help me lose weight. You all start to work together. What does that beginning process look like when you're actually starting keto correctly, and kind of take me through that
1: process? Yeah, I'll take you through through the whole method. So basically, the first thing that I do when I get somebody is kind of like what what we talk about in our realm in NCI, which is the pre-season phase, right? So anytime someone works with me, the first thing we focus on is literally just actually before we focus on calories, macros, all that stuff. Um, So I start them really high in fat, about 80% fat, 15% protein, 5% carbs. And the reason for that is to get them into ketosis as fast as humanly possible. Because once we do that, your hunger is going to dramatically drop The bloatedness that you've been having is going to drop and your energy is going to skyrocket, right? Um, And then you get those quick wins and you just feel like, oh, my God, something's finally working, right? Because you feel good. The water weight's coming off. You're like, man, I used to be bloated all the time. I don't feel that. Um, So that's what we do. And that's like part of the the 21-day process that I have, right? And everybody starts there. Like I don't work. With people that are, oh, we're going to start you with macros. Like everybody has to start with that preseason phase where they're just learning how to do the diet because people come to me. And I mean, I, I don't know if uh, Rico or I forgot who shared the post, but apparently there's keto based on your feet now. So if your long toe is bigger than your <laughs> oh or if your second toe is big, bigger than your big toe, like <laughs> then this is the right kid. And there's dirty keto, there's lazy keto. Like what I call those is the keto that doesn't get results right those things work when you're 300 plus pounds but with my clients we get you past that and eventually that's going to plateau and so we need to keep keep that food call and you know the net carb things like oh this slim fast has one net carb i'm like okay it has 40 grams of carbs and the rest of it is sugar alcohol and it's going to just give you bubble guts all day and then you wonder why you're not seeing results But anyways i can see i can go that route i'm not <laughs> going that route today um, so after we do that we've established uh, ketosis, all those things, hunger's regulated. They're in, in what I call fat burning mode. Cause now they're, they're burning fat for fuel instead of um, the carbs for fuel. Right. Um, so, or they're using ketones instead of glucose. So what we do is we then start implementing carbs back in because now they're getting ketosis faster than if they were just to, um, you know, have carbs all the time. Mm-hmm. And for me, the, the sole reason I started the ketogenic diet is because it's the only thing that I've done that doesn't have me thinking about food all day. Like I'm having my coffee right now, Mm. but I won't eat until, and I don't do this on purpose. I I eat when I'm hungry for sure. But Mm. there'll be days like yesterday, I went until 6 PM because my insulin was so low. I didn't think about food. And one of the things we didn't get into in the story because like I said I, my story can go forever um, is when I was doing a regular diet, I was always thinking about food. Now that's my own fault, but I just had I just was always thinking about it. and I'd have one meal and I'd be thinking about the next, right? So the reason we use ketosis is to keep that hunger down. One of the things I want to tell your audience is it's not some magic thing where, oh, I'm in ketosis, so I'm gonna just lose all the weight in the world. No, the calories still matter the, the way that you eat still matters. Like all that stuff still matters. Ketosis is the reason I use it is to keep your hunger regulated anyways. So we add carbs back in, um, and we start with one time a week, right? So we just kind of give it that, that time. And then as time goes, as they get closer and closer to their weight, we start implementing more carbs throughout their day so that their diet becomes super sustainable. Because as you know, the longer we go without carbs, no matter how much you say, I'm never going to want them. I don't need them. Eventually you're going to want them. Absolutely. And, and my job is to show you how to transition into that. And then basically the last thing that I do is once we hit their goal weight, or we're extremely close to it is we just kind of decide what type of lifestyle we want, right? Do we want carbs some of the time, all the time, full time, whatever it is, I show them how to transition into that so that, that the results stay for life. So that's kind of how the the method works so it's it starts with really strict keto and then it implements more carbs over time
0: gotcha and they kind of like something you mentioned you know kind of reflects back to a question someone asked me to um, ask you you know when you're talking about like being, being able to control hunger throughout the day they said you know how do you go on keto if you know if they've struggled with like a binge restrict strict cycle in the past or like or they end up falling back into that because they try to go without the carbs and like you said eventually you give up or whatever it may be. And you, you finally have the carbs and it's a binge. And then like, have you had to deal with that with people going into keto?
1: Yes. And, and the reason for it is, um, it, it usually comes from, because I'm sure the same clients you work with, they come from a very restrictive background of, of like calories. Mm-hmm. So I literally have to tell my, what I call my keto campers when, cause that's how, that's where they start. That's when they first come to me. Um, I am like, Hey, I'm not worried about calories right now, but if you're eating too little, I'm going to tell you. And if you're eating too much, I'm going to tell you. Right. Cause I don't need to see 300 grams of fat. Like (laughs) I just don't need to see that. You know what I mean? Like there's, if you're eating real whole foods, there's, I mean, that's like kind of impossible. Um, So one of the things where I see the restrict and binge is I'll go into someone's chart and they're like, man, I'm just so hungry. And they're eating like an ounce of ground beef, half a serving of, of cheese, Uh, like just really small, minute amounts of food Mm -hmm. um, enough to, uh, to feed a small rabbit. Right. And I'm like, and then doing that, well, then they keep binging. Right. So what I do is I tell them, keep eating and listen to your body. Let it tell you when you're full. Cause as soon as that ketosis hits and I see it every single time, I'll have people who start out at 3000 calories on their own. And then once ketosis hits, they're at like, 1600 1700 because they, they're listening to their body oh. so when i see restrict and binge it's usually it doesn't happen within the first 21 days because it's such a small amount of time mm-hmm. but long-term clients who you know oh i don't want to i don't want to add the carbs in because i'm scared those are the ones who usually mess up a lot more because they're they're trying to restrict and go a long time without carbs And i'm like dude it's not there because it's some magical, like you're going to lose more weight if you have a carb day. It's literally there for your diet adherence. And it's not a free for all. It's still controlled, right? I still tell them exactly how to do it so that they can still make progress that week. Um, but that's where I would say the restrict and binge comes in is trying to eat such a small amount of food and then binging um, because of because of how little calories are eating. I'm talking like 700, 900 calories. Yeah. And I know you, you deal with that too, because that's, that's our society now, right? Is we'll just eat less and less and less. And if 1500 calories is good, 900 must be better, you Mm -hmm. know, and will the weight come off pretty fast? Sure. But is it going to come on even faster? Absolutely.
0: Yep, exactly. Along those same lines, you know, and this is another question somebody sent me and I'm going to kind of phrase it this way. You know, there's a lot of like talk out there about, you know, you shouldn't be cutting out certain food groups or, you know, entire food groups of things. And that's a really big thing. A lot of people talk about is, you know, not, not restricting, and especially not restricting a whole entire food group. But in the case of, you know, keto, we are for temporary. And which I think this is where like, they have a misunderstanding is like, it's going to be forever kind of thing. Yeah. But what is your feeling on like that temporary restriction of an entire food group?
1: I, I I go, I go against the grain. So obviously I'm in a space with you guys who, you know, the, for, you know, you bag on keto, which, which rightfully so when it's applied improperly, which is a lot of people these days, like, I mean, I could probably say, yeah, those zealots, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Right. But, um, one of the things that I tell people is because they like to assume people in society like to, to underplay that food is an addiction. So my mom is a, is a food and, or not a food, a drug and alcohol counselor. And I asked her, I was like, mom, I'm really trying to help my clients with addiction because I feel like food truly is an addiction. Can you send me your, your outlines and stuff like that? Like what you teach? Cause I do group coaching calls every week and I just love to teach stuff. And she's like, sure. So when I was reading through it, I was like, oh my God. Like I was like, mom, I could literally just put food in place of drug or opioids or alcohol. And it's the exact same issues that my clients are dealing with. And so one of the things that I go against the grain with is because they're like, oh, you shouldn't cut out whole food groups. You should have the cookie if you want to and all that stuff. But my philosophy is if someone's addicted to food and they come home and they're having a super stressful day and they're like. Because it happens a lot. They had a bad day at work. Their kids are treating them like crap. Their boss is a butthole, like all these different things. And that cookie is sitting in in the the cabinet. Do you honestly believe, are there some people out there that can do it? Yes. But do you honestly believe that when you're stressed, you're going to just have one Oreo? That you're just going to have one piece of cookie? That you're just going to have one bite of ice cream? No, you're going to go all in on it, especially if you're addicted to food like me. I can't keep my trigger foods in the house. If cheesecake or donuts are in this house, I don't care. I am the face of this business. I will find a way to have that donut and that cheesecake, no matter what. And then you add a stressful day on top of it. Oh boy, I'm having the whole cheesecake, whether I'm, whether it makes me sick or not. And so when I see a lot of people saying, you cannot, can't cut out whole food groups like that, like You're again, I I don't want to offend anybody because I know the space, but it's literally you probably haven't dealt with food addiction. And the people telling you this are when they're in weight loss mode, They're some of the strictest people there is. I'm talking like I was at coaching con people who are saying, yeah, you could have all the flexibility in the world. Well, guess what? I saw some of them who were in show prep or whatever, and they had Tupperware at an event. And, but they're the ones telling you that you can be super flexible when you're trying to lose weight. Now I get the whole philosophy behind it. If you have it in periodization or, or like every once in a while, you, you'll be less likely to binge on it. In my opinion, have you ever had a rice crispy and felt satisfied? Have you ever had a pop tart and felt satisfied? Or do you want more of that? Has it hit that reward center of the brain now? And now you're just craving more of it. Now, again, are there people out there that can do that? Absolutely. I'm not one of them. The people that I work aren't one of them. Uh, I have one client, Michelle, if she's listening to this, she knows it's her. And she's the only person I know that she can have a bite of something and and be good. She also has a lot of other hormonal issues that kind of, you know, regulates her hunger. But other than that, and she knows this, so I'm not saying anything she doesn't know. Um, But that's kind of my philosophy is when I see that stuff, I'm just like, dude, you're, you're, you're telling someone who's addicted to food, who's been overweight their whole life, who, if the trigger is there, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. Cause I asked my mom, I said, mom, what's the number one reason for success with someone who overcomes an addiction? And she said, it's getting the triggers out of the house and the environment. And how true is that to the food world? Yep. If you're around a bunch of people who all they want to do is eat fast food, like my parents, well, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to be a bigger person, right? If you have trigger foods in the house where you know that those freaking cheesecakes and those donuts, no matter how strong you might be in the moment, when you have that weak moment, because it's coming, you're going to give into it. Right. And that's, so that's my philosophy. Now, when I'm in restoration mode or, you know, reverse dieting or, or uh, in our world, what we call trying to achieve homeostasis or whatever maintenance, then, Hey, I will keep those things in the house because I have the calories to have them. Exactly. But when I'm in weight loss mode, I can't keep those things in the house because I will have them and they don't fit my calories because you're one donut in and that's 300 calories for your day. You know what I mean? Now, when I'm in restoration, I got 3,200 of them calories. I, I, I want that donut. I'm going to have that donut, you know, because exactly. I can fit it in and still maintain my weight. But um, so that's kind of my philosophy behind it. And again, this is, it's not saying that that doesn't work. It's not saying that um, there's people out there who can't do that. It's just my philosophy of, you know, whenever I've had something like that, I've never felt sad, even a bowl of cereal. I'm not like, oh man, I feel satisfied now. Like, I know I want another bowl. Yep. you know? And if I'm in weight loss mode, that's hard. And that's why I was saying, like, I did that whole flexibility thing. And as soon as I would be done eating one meal, I'd already be thinking about the next saying, man, well, now this one has to be a humongous salad so that I feel like I'm not hungry throughout the day. So that that's kind of my, my stance on it.
0: Gotcha. Some of the words you were tossing on a little bit earlier, um, you know, ketones and ketosis and things like that. And I think there's a lot of big myths and misconceptions about those kind of buzzwords out there and they're like mislabeled, whether it's on supplements or, you know, drinks or whatever it may be. But like, can you give us a little little bit more explanation of like, what is ketosis and what is like, what are ketones and like, how are they actually properly applied? And maybe even like, what are some misconceptions that you see a lot of people coming to you with?
1: Yeah. So I, I think if you listen to Tyler's podcast, you know, that me and ketones don't get along, right. The exogenous ketones. Um, because what people will do is take this supplement, pee it out, and then, you know, pee on a stick or take a a ketone test Back, I'm in ketosis. It's like, no, sorry, but you're just excreting them. Right. And so one of the, the misconceptions that I see a lot is everyone always wants to be in a super high state of ketosis. But the problem with that is you don't want to excrete a bunch of ketones, you want to utilize them. So as you start this diet, sure, your color on the pea stick may be a little darker, but you'll get more efficient at using ketones and your color on the stick will naturally go down. My color on the stick is not very high at all. I still have them, but I'm utilizing them. I'm not excreting them, which is a big misconception that I see is I'll have clients be like, Oh, look, I, I did it. Which stop sending me your p sticks, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I did it. And I'm like, that's awesome. But then I, I tell them right away. I'm like, Hey, I, just so you know, as time goes, you're naturally going to start excreting less because your body's utilizing them. Um, and so in terms of what, what they are, that that's pretty simple. So instead of using glycogen for fuel, like, like mm-hmm. we do, you're just utilizing ketones. So when you when carbs are deprived, you start to produce what are called ketones because your body's extremely smart and it has to run on something, right? So instead of using glucose for fuel or glycogen for fuel, it's using ketones for fuel. So it just produces those naturally. You don't get them from a freaking supplement, okay? Stop listening to the people who Dude, I think I said this on Tyler's podcast. I would be making so much money if with how many people have come through my program and I sold ketones, but it's the wrong thing to do. It's setting them up for failure. It's setting false expectations. And the people who prey on other people like that are people who just, I don't know what your morals are, man. Like, honestly, because telling someone don't change anything and, and take these ketones right? And and somehow they think they're going to lose weight. Well, it's not the case. In the psychology of our brains, we think, oh, I'm taking this supplement, I should probably start eating better. And that's what happens. It's not the ketones, the ketones don't magically make you lose weight. It's, it's just ridiculous. Now, are there some therapeutic effects to them? Sure. But nothing that you're not going to get from doing the diet the natural way, right? Are there times that you can use them when you've had a carb day and you want to get back into ketosis a little faster. Sure. But it's not going to be the same as actually being in ketosis. So that's kind of the, the misapplication of, of that. Um, so anybody who's listened to this, if your friend Susie sells pub, or, uh, ketone supplements, th- number one, they're extremely expensive. And number two, they're, they're garbage. I will never stand behind them. They are a waste of money, a waste of time and don't do them. That's, that's the basic because a lot of people will say, Oh, well, I'm doing the keto diet and come to find out it's ketones. I'm like, you're not doing the keto diet. You're taking ketones. Like there's a huge difference. And even in the market now, people are doing the diet so wrong. Cause I'm in those keto groups, right? They're like, look what I got. I got the new slim fast Snickers bar. It's like, dude. And then you wonder why you're not getting results. I've literally had clients cut those out. Cause I didn't, to my knowledge, I didn't know that they were consuming them. And then they're like, man, I wonder if it's these bars that are doing. So I was like, first of all, I told you in our calls not to eat those things, but you still ate those things because they taste good. Uh, and once they cut them out, I've had clients lose six, seven pounds, just because of, I don't know, sugar, alcohols, whatever it was doing to their body was not the right things. Did I, uh, did I answer your question? I'm absolutely. caffeinated, man. So I'm, I'm going. <laughs> no, you, you absolutely
0: did. And, and I, and I thank you for sharing that, you know, especially, I think, I think, I think that's been one of the biggest takeaways for a lot of people because so many people fall victim to all these supplements out there. And they just think that that's what the golden ticket is for getting into ketosis is being able to take the ketone supplements. And so I really am glad that you stressed that. I mean, guys, like I mean, you heard it from the coach himself that it helps people with keto. It's like supplements aren't doing a damn thing for you, so stop taking them. You know, actually do. But and this is why I wanted to have you on the podcast is because there's so many misconceptions about keto and everything else about it, and all the supplements out there that I wanted to have people realize what the proper way of actually doing it is. So I really thank you for sharing that. Definitely, of course. and it's funny you even mentioned about like, you know, the, the foods and stuff, because like I always chuckle when I'm like walking through the grocery store or if I'm like going to buy a protein bar or something like that. You know, beside the protein bars, you see like the the slim fast keto bombs and stuff. Or like or I'll be at work and I'll hear someone, you know, one of my co- or back when I was still doing nursing, like I there were a few nurses I'd work with that were like, Oh yeah, I'm on keto. Like they pull out like four of like the keto bomb, like peanut butter cup things. Yeah. And I'm just like, gosh, like that's like probably six hundred calories you're eating right there, just like four little peanut butter cups. And, yep. and they did, they think that, I mean, and the bad thing is people actually think that by eating keto foods, quote unquote, for those of you who can't see me, it, when you're just eating keto foods, doesn't mean you're actually putting yourself in ketosis. It's just more calories. Yep. And so I'm, I'm glad you definitely brought that up. Um,
1: Marketers so, are smart, man. Oh, they're, absolutely. They're smart. And they, they, I mean, there's so many things. Like I'll see heavy cream in the store and it'll be like keto friendly. And I'm like, why do you have to put that there? Like keto is not in a box. If there's one thing you want to take away from this is keto is not in a box. It's whole real foods. Okay. It comes down to, to the percentages, but, but go ahead with what you're saying. Sorry. No,
0: no. And I'm glad you even added that. Cause there's a ton of foods out there that are always just like keto friendly and that people think mm-hmm. automatically think that means it's healthy. So I'm glad you brought that up as well. Um, want to wrap up here with some, some just kind of some rapid fire Q and a questions here that, um, others that people asked on Instagram and Facebook group, um, What are long-term effects if, if someone were to do keto for long term, and they're able to actually do keto for long term? Like you said, a lot of times people fall off of it and cave for the carbs and stuff eventually. But if somebody does do keto for a long time, is there a negative effects for that?
1: As far as I know, no. And I know that there's been studies on it, like long-term effects of the ketogenic diet, and there hasn't really been any anything. Um, the only thing I've heard of, like super long-term, is it like messing with your, your thyroid. But again, that's it. it, The science is inconclusive and that's super long-term, right? Those are like studies and, and good luck keeping someone doing strict keto without, because if you do that, and one of the things I'll just hit on with that. And my clients know this, we have carb days and we have memory days. Now my clients know the difference between the two because a memory day is not Oh, I, you know, my, I I went out with my friends and had a whole bottle of wine this weekend. Like I do every weekend. That's not a memory. A memory is I haven't seen this person in five years. I'm going to go out and have some wine with them, right? That you don't have to use a carb day for that. That's a freaking memory, dude. Like if, so there's a big difference with, with memory versus with carb days. And so if, if you're missing out on anniversaries, birthdays, get togethers, Super special moments, like my son to this day, uh, and I didn't tell this story, which is why I actually went to a, a balanced diet for a little bit. Was long story short, he wanted ice cream at Disneyland, and and he still remembered when I told him no on his last birthday to cupcakes, right? And he's like, "Oh my God, Dad, I'm so sorry, I forgot that that you don't eat that stuff because your diet." And that was like that was like the turning point for me with going to a balanced diet. So I've done all the diets, right. Um, because of that moment, you know what I mean? So if you're going strict keto for a long time, that means you're missing out on a lot of things in life. And that's just, you talk about negative health effects. What about your negative psychological effects? You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, memories is all we have. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's all we're going to take with us. You could have all the money in the world. You could have everything you want materialistically in life. But at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to matter is those memories and those relationships. So like you need to include that stuff. So that's what I would say in terms of long-term health effects. I would say it's more psychological health effects than it is like, you know, your body health effects
0: and and also along the same line someone also asked about do you know if there's any connection between keto and stress on kidneys
1: not that i'm aware of not okay. at all okay yeah
0: and then someone asked you know if someone's like cutting out a lot of carbs and such and like maybe like you know they they would normally get like their fiber in through like you know fibrous like vegetables and such like that like how else do you help them like get their fiber intake in you know when they're maybe cutting out a lot of those carbs
1: so it it really starts with um, making sure you have the pr- appropriate amount of calories, right? Like that's the biggest thing that I would say is the reason a lot of people can't get all their fiber in is because they try to do this super restrictive diet. And, and I do have clients who are like you know 410 four nine, who need to go a little bit lower. So that's when fiber becomes an issue because it's like well you just you don't have room. Exactly. Um, so one of the things that I I do at that point is is I do use a net carb approach. However my caveat is those net carbs must come from veggies must oh, okay. like it, it can't be uh the box says net carbs it can't be the tortilla says net carbs it can't be any of those things it must be from vegetables why because number one they're super low calories right like i get mm-hmm. what is it three cups or whatever of spring mix with a bunch of fiber in it for 20 calories or something mm-hmm. so you're going to be able to keep your calories down and get your fiber intake up. So that's the only time, like if I have to get more restrictive with, with the client, um, to, and we have to get their fiber in so that their digestive system is working properly. That's something I'll do is use a net carb approach, right? Does it add some extra calories? Sure. But it's more important that you're able to go poopy than, you know, uh, a little extra 20, 40 calories. So that's that's what, that's what I do for, for getting there. But again, it doesn't come from a box. That's the number one mistake people make is like, Oh, well I'll just, I need to get more fiber. And again, companies are smart, right? Like, Oh, well it's yeah. Fiber (laughs) one. It's a brownie, but it's fiber. Like get out of here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, uh, so that that's kind of what I do for for the fibers. Just use use like a, a net carb approach when you're that low. If you're if your calories are are high, which most people should always start high, um, you should be able to get it in through your food uh, and stuff like that. Gotcha.
0: And then one last question: Someone asked, "What your favorite keto comfort dish is?"
1: Oh man! So, Ashley, my wife, she makes these. Um, keto cheesecakes and I've already mentioned that I'm a cheesecake (laughs) fiend. Yeah. So she she makes she makes those. Um and the cool thing is is I don't I don't have them when I'm in weight loss mode because again guys like keto dish or not, I don't know moderation well. Right. I so when she makes them the serving is six. Could you can you guess how many I have? Six. I don't have one. I don't have three. I have all six, but I plan that in, right? Mm-hmm. So I only have them when I'm in restoration mode because there are a little, I mean, each each little little cake, it's like a little cake, right? Mm-hmm. Each little cake is like 167 calories. However, I don't want to use 167 calories when I'm in weight loss mode because mm-hmm. then it has to go somewhere. And I'm just going to want more of that cheesecake, keto friendly or not. Yeah. Um, so the, I'd say that's probably my favorite Comfort dish, like I am so happy when I get my my cheesecake things, <laughs> and that's the one thing that sucks about not being in restoration mode is not having those cheesecakes. So yeah, that's my favorite by far.
0: Awesome. Well, man, this has been awesome. Thank you so much again for coming on today's show. Yeah. I, I always ask. Um, I know you've given a, you've given a lot of tactical information throughout the entire episode, but I always ask my guests at the very end of the episode, and and this could be keto related or or not, or just anything in general. What are two things that people can start doing today if they want to take control of their health?
1: Man, the first thing I would say, regardless of the diet, is start cleaning up your food quality. The, the biggest problem that we have is, because I see this a lot, is, oh, I'm, I'm just a picky eater, right? Well, you don't, you don't like apples because you don't know what apples taste like anymore because all you know is processed sugar. Mm-hmm. Apples are one of the most delicious things <laughs> in the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like fruit and, and that natural, those natural foods taste phenomenal, but you don't know that if you have a sugar-based palate, right? So the first thing that I would say is literally just start cleaning up the quality of your food. Stop eating out every meal. Stop getting all this processed stuff. Stop getting all this boxed stuff and just start eating real food. Will it taste disgusting in the beginning? Sure. Will it not taste that good in the beginning? Sure. But I've had, I've literally had people say, yeah, strawberries aren't that sweet. And I'm like, well, to me, they are. But I don't have a bunch of sugar all day. So when I do have them, they taste super, super sweet. Right. And they taste amazing to me. But a lot of people don't know that because their palate is just covered with processed food. You know what I mean? Um, so that's the one thing I would say. Um, I know you said one or two, but let's see if I could give a second one. The second one, I would probably just say, you know, kind of what we talked about on the podcast, which is getting those trigger foods out of the house. Because the one thing that I always hear, I I don't know if I should go in on this because I get really passionate about the kids stuff. Do you want me to go in on it? Sure, sure. Okay, I I might offend some people, but it is what it is. My philosophy is, because the number one excuse I hear is, "Well, well, the kids, the kids have it. And that's why it's in the house. Let me ask you something. If the kids shouldn't be having it, why in the hell, or if you shouldn't be having it, why in the hell should your kids? Like that makes no sense because here's what's gonna happen is they're gonna grow up because habits, it, habits don't happen in a day. They don't happen in a week. They happen over time. And so that same kid is going to grow up and have those same habits guilty, right? My parents didn't regulate my eating. They, they bought me whatever I wanted. They took me out to eat. They didn't say, hey, Joe, don't get the extra fries at Denny's. They didn't say, hey, Joe, don't get that triple cheeseburger at, at Wendy's. Right? They didn't say that stuff. And any processed stuff that I wanted in the house, it was there. Right. I don't buy the groceries. Or I didn't at, at the time I didn't buy the groceries. Right. And so at the end of the day, the, the parents, the people at the top, have to remember they're in the driver's seat. Your kids are not in the driver's seat. Everyone always is mindful blown when it was my wife's birthday and some, some people tried to give my, my, my daughter cake. And I said, no, 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 do not give my daughter cake when she's older. She can make her own choices, but right now I'm in the driver's seat. I'm going to control that because I, how many times have you heard? Well, my kids don't like vegetables. They don't like, you know, steak. They don't like chicken. My son's that way because he grew up with his mom who loves sugar, Right. And so I'm preventing that from happening because then those kids grow up to be the quote unquote picky eaters, right? Because they don't know what real food tastes like. And so my thing to you is stop saying I can't get the trigger foods out of the house. You, my friend, are in the driver's seat. You, my friend, buy the groceries. Your kids don't. Well, they'll throw a fit. Okay. Who's the parent? You're the parent. And for someone saying it's easier said than done, guess what? Tying my shoes is easier said than done. Standing up out of this chair is easier said than done. Everything in life is easier said than done. You got to stop using your kids as a crutch to keep those trigger foods in the house. Because when that stressful day comes, when your kids piss you off, when your husband's being mean, you're going to use a reason to have that food. Here's the thing. If you have to go out of your way to get it, you're so much less likely to get it. I'm not saying you won't go, but you're a lot less likely to go and get something if it's not in the house. So you've got to set yourself up in a winning environment. That's like saying, "Yeah, I'm trying to get over this drug addiction, but let me keep some cocaine in the in the cabinet." What do you think your chances are? Very, very low because you're addicted to food. You're addicted to that drug you got to put yourself in a winning position. You've got to stop using the kids as a crutch. And I'm telling you this, and I get so passionate about it because you could literally be the one to change your whole family tree. Chances are, if you're listening to this and you're a client, you, heart disease, blood pressure, all these things run in your family. And it could literally be, you could be the one to completely change that. It doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be, oh, well, it just runs in the family. Change it then. It starts with you, you know what I mean? It starts with you. And to say, well, the kids have that stuff. Well, guess what? They're gonna grow up to be me and be overweight. They're gonna grow up to be Chase and have to lose a bunch of weight. They're gonna grow up to be you who has to lose a bunch of weight. You can prevent that now. You can prevent them from getting picked on in school like I did. You can prevent them from getting, being called tons of fun in school like I did. You can prevent them from not being able to do certain things in life Because guess what? When you're in pain, it hides all of your other gifts. There's so many things that you guys want to do, but because you're overweight, you're embarrassed to do it. Now imagine your kid, because they're going to grow up and be the same way. They're going to be ashamed of themselves because of something that could have been prevented. So it all starts with that environment. So I told you I was going to go in on that again. (laughs) And and I want to just stress that I don't mean this with any harsh criticism. I know it's hard. I, I get it. I Trust me, I've been there. I've lost the weight. I, I used to struggle all the time. I know it's hard, but it all starts with putting yourself in that winning environment and using those kids as a crutch, especially when they, when they can grow up, like prevent them from seeing me and Chase in the future. You know what I mean? 10 years from now, we don't want to see your kids as our clients. We don't want that. We want to help the people who are already overweight not the people mm-hmm. who are coming up that can be prevented. We don't yeah. want to work with your kids. We want to work with you and change your life so that you can change your kid's life.
0: And hopefully it'll be jobless, to be honest. I mean, wouldn't it wouldn't be great. Exactly. No, we have to if have to we do this, honestly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If we do our job right, we don't have to do this anymore, right? That would be totally. the best case scenario because then I'll just code coach football. It is what <laughs> it is. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: define what I'm going to do next. But. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, man, this has been great. I really do appreciate you taking your time today to come on the show. Really enjoy you sharing all this really helpful information. If people want to talk to you more about keto or learn more about your coaching or anything like that, where can they reach out to you?
1: Um, I mean, I'm more present on Facebook, so you can really just search me up on Joe Harris. But if you want to learn the, the knowledge, I, I have tons of trainings in my group as well if you're, if you're one of Chase's clients, I kind of don't know if I want you in there just because of miss, you know, the communication. Um, like I don't want someone derailing their stuff because of me. You know what I mean? Like I want them to focus on what you're coaching them to do. Um, but if someone that isn't your client and wants to learn more about, I mean, if they want to learn about it, that's cool too. But, um, in my Instagram bio is the link to my Facebook group. You're more than welcome to do that. You're more than welcome to go through uh, one of my keto camps. Um, again, they're completely free when I run them. I don't charge, try to charge you ketones. I don't take any payment <laughs> info. So they are, it is 100% free. So if they want to find me, that's that's the best way. Or they just, you know, read my stuff on Instagram or, or whatever.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. And, and I appreciate you even like bringing up the pet fact of like, and I think what you totally meant by that was it's not like you said, it's not that you can't get the knowledge. From it, it's just like guys like choose one and stay in your lane because exactly it, because if you're trying to do more of like what i would teach my clients to do and then you try to mix in a little bit of what joe's teaching his clients to do it's gonna it, you, you yeah i just I said just a podcast uh yesterday um and we were talking about like where you apply your the most effort is the direction you go but if you're putting effort in 10 different directions you're not going to make it anywhere so you need to pick one stay in your lane and go with it so i really appreciate you, you, you chase but-
1: you chase two rabbits you catch none Exactly.
0: Exactly. You probably awesome, won't catch man.
1: one either if it's a rabbit, but I'm just saying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, man, on that note, let's go ahead and wrap this up. But I do appreciate you again coming on the show.
1: Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. Mm, take care.
0: Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Shades and Health podcast. I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at changing chase. Have a great day, guys. And
1: remember, you matter.